You want to see here? We give him the comfy seat. See right there. Here. Right there. We'll give you the comfier seat. I'm a, I'm, I'm John Lewis. I am a, uh, I'm a deputy DA. Um, do you want mine, Mr. Durst or Bob? You, you tell me. Uh, Bob is fine. Okay. Um, so Bob, basically, I'm from Los Angeles County, and and I'm here to to speak to you. Um, before we we start, um, I want to let you know that um, I feel like I know you. I've never met you. I feel like I know you very well, and. Um, very interested in talking about a lot of different things, and I know, um, you know, I know it's a, it's probably a very, you know, uncomfortable day for you right now, and you know, I, I, I understand. So the situation, obviously, um, there's some information that we'd like to share with you, things that, things that we know. We'd like to hear some things that you know. Obviously, it is absolutely your right whether you want to speak to us or not. Um, I'm def definitely have some things I'd like to tell you. Um, Detective Whalen, Mike's going to advise you of your Miranda rights. And are, are you? Can we? Are you cold? Can we get you something? It is a little cold in here. Yeah. You, you want, want a blanket? Do you want, or do you want a blanket? Yeah. Okay, I'll get you. Do, do you want? Do you want any drink? Some coffee? Coffee would be great. What do you, uh, how do you take it? Black. Black, all right. I wouldn't mind some myself. You know, before I get started on that, Mr. Durst, I can just get your address. Good. My address? Yeah. Uh, you want, you have an address in? In, in Houston, 2520. Okay. Robin Hood Street. Okay. Is that one word, Robin Hood, or two? Yeah. One word? One word. Okay. And that street? Houston 77006. Okay. 3706. I'm sorry, it's 77005. Okay. And is it a house or apartment? An apartment building. It's apartment 1405. 1405. Okay. And how long have you lived there, sir? Almost ten years. Okay. And you live there by yourself? Yes. Okay. Mister, do you have a phone number? Or a seven one three. Okay. Eight zero seven eight seven zero six. And this is a cell phone. That's the land. That, that's the that's the line in the house. Okay, the landline. Yes, that's your house phone. Okay, eight oh seven eight oh seven oh six. How about a cell phone? Seven one three. Okay, two four eight eleven forty four. Okay. Any other phone numbers? Any other phone numbers besides those two? Do you have any other phone numbers in in New York? Okay, what would that one be? Is that a business number or just another residence number? Another residence. Okay. Two one two. Okay. Nine two five. Three two hundred. Okay, and where is that residence? Uh, That's on Lenox Avenue in New York. Do you have the address? Yes, uh, two one eight um, Lenox Avenue. 
That's in Manhattan? Yeah. And is there a, uh, a unit number for that one, sir? I, that, that's a building. I own that building. You own the building? Okay, the building. Okay. Where's that? Lennox and uh, what's the cross street there? 121. So that's on the west side or the east side? West side of Manhattan or east side? Oh, uptown. Hey. Okay, well that, that would be the west side. Oh, here you go. It's on the west Thank side. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's actually, it you is in Manhattan, but it's... it's kind you of want hard. this on you or you want it around you? I'll here, take. one here, one stand up. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's going I got a little more uh, padding to, to protect me against the weather here. The temp. Are you guys that on? No? Uh, wait a minute. I think we missed. All right, let's try it again. Uh, a little higher. Hold on. Wait a minute. Give me your hand here. You can stand up here. You, why don't you stand up? You can put it on yourself. Here you go. All right. Okay, only two rules on the coffee. One, you can't throw it at either one of us, and any of us, you can't throw it on the computer. Fair enough? Very fair. Okay, here you go. All right. It's black like you want it. Okay, so you got the house, or the apartment in Robin Hood in Houston. You got a place in Manhattan or Harlem on Lennox. Any other residence? I mean, not necessarily places that you uh, own yes. as properties, but yes. what else would that be? No, no, those, those are my residences. Those are your two primary yes. residences. Okay, none other than those two. So, so, so here's the situation. Um, we're going to read you your, your Miranda rights, and when you're finished, uh, I can tell you that if you'd like, obviously, um, you'll be able, if you, if you so choose, to, um, to not speak with us. If you also would like, you can also tell me that although, if you would like, that although you don't want to say anything to, to us, that you want to listen to what we have to say. It's completely up to you. So, what's going to happen is uh, Mike's going to going to read them to you right now. Okay, Mr. Durst. I know you don't hear that well, but I'll do my best so you can hear me. All right. Uh, you have the right to remain silent. Uh, do you understand? You have to acknowledge me. I I understand. Okay. Thank you. Anything you say may be used against you in court. Do you understand? I understand. Okay. You have the right to the presence of an attorney before and during any questioning. Do you understand? Okay. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you free of charge before any questioning, if you want. Do you understand? I understand. Okay. So I, with that, we would like to ask you some questions. Do, do, do you understand the rights that you've been given? Yes. So at this point, um, I'm just going to start. Um, so first of all, I'm a prosecutor with the, with the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, um, and what I'm going to do, if you don't mind, I would kind of like to start at the beginning. Um, you know, I, um, I actually, it's, it, it's kind of weird for me because I feel like I know you even though I've, I've never met you. Um, so I want to kind of go back. I know a little bit of your background. Um, I know the the situation, you know, with your with your mom and with your your dad. My understanding is is that going way back, did did you actually uh, witness your mom on the roof? Did you actually see that? Yeah, it's 
because um, I know uh, I know your brother uh, Doug, who just from what I can tell, I am gathering is not your favorite person. Am I am I, am I correct on that? Say that again. Uh, your brother Doug is not your favorite person. Is that a fair statement? That, that's fair. There was a um, there was a there was a line. Um, you know, we have obviously you're aware of the jinx. Obviously. Yeah, and, and there there was a line where um, where I think it's it's a deposition for for Douglas, and that's going to just bug me. Um, there was a deposition for Douglas, and they end up asking him, is it true that you hired a lawyer uh, to protect yourself against Robert Durst? And he says, yes, and very formal. And then they, then they ask you the same question. Do you remember what you answered? No. You were asked, um, do you know why your brother Douglas uh, uh, hired uh, somebody to protect you, to protect him against you, hired a bodyguard to protect him against you? Do you remember what you answered? Yeah, I said he's a pussy. <laughs> it is still my, uh, it is still my, my favorite my favorite thing that I've heard you say. So, I understand that obviously going back, I know that um, you, going way back, you went to Lehigh, right? Right. And then, um, and it sounds like you, is it fair to say you enjoyed the 60s? Yes. And that would mean, um, that would mean, um, and by the way, if there's anything that I, if there's anything that I ask you that you, that you don't want to answer. I wouldn't answer it. Okay, um, uh, you know I, I've seen um, I've seen all the interviews that you did with with Mark and Andrew, and one of the things that, that really was interesting to me is that you um, you pretty much you said at the beginning that you would answer all their questions, and you answered almost all their questions. Um, so you you went to Lehigh. You, you graduated from Lehigh, right? Yeah. You go out to UCLA, go out to Los Angeles, and then it sounds like um, uh, the reason was to go to grad school, but it sounds like it was more um, fun, fun, uh, uh, pot, uh, the, uh, what did they call the screen therapy, et cetera. Yeah. Did, 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 did that do much for you or, or, or no? And that's that. That's it. Lehigh was all men. Okay. Very very structured. UCLA was was fun. Did um when you when you came out here when you came out well, I'm saying here because I'm thinking I'm still in LA. Um, when you came out to Los Angeles, at that point in time, was it your plan to I'm gonna I'm gonna take over the business from Seymour or I'm it seems like you never liked it, right? It was never what you enjoyed. I never liked it, that's fair. Um, when you came out here, were you planning at that point? Maybe you didn't have a plan. I'm trying to remember. I think you came out here in around 1965. Is that right? Yeah, I graduated Lehigh in 65, and I went right to UCLA. And when you kick, so in, in 65, you would have been, I think, 21, 22? 22. 22. Um, at that point in time, had you worked for your dad before then or no? Yes, a couple of summers. A couple of summers. And, and I know that your grandfather uh, started 
the organization and then your, your dad and your uncle took it over. And I know it's grown obviously ever since. Was it, when you were a young man in the, in the mid 60s, it was nothing like it is today, right? In, in terms of its size and scope, or, or was it even then it was still pretty? It was substantial. But, it, but it's grown, it's grown much bigger now. Yeah. So, you, so you come out here, and, um, and I know that that's when you met Susan. Um, and I know that, um, I'm gonna come back to it. Um, I know that she was somebody that was important to you and that you cared about, is that, is that right? Best friend. Yeah, and, and, and I, one of the things that, that really surprises me about, about you when I listen to you is that you will admit to things that most people lie about. So, so, so I'll give you an example. Well, um, when you're, when you're interviewed by, um, by Mike Strzok. Um, Wait a second. Yes, Mike Strzok. Mike Strzok, the, the, the New York detective. Not Mike Whale. Mike yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> when you're interviewed by Mike Strzok originally, um, and you're relating this story to Mark and Andrew, because um, obviously there, there was no video of your original interview with Strzok, so I, I've heard the, the 20 hours with, with, um, with Mark and Andrew. Um, Mike struck, this is you talking, you said you went in there and you say to him, um, so I told him, you know, the marriage was, was fine, everything was good. And then he went and talked to her friends and he found out not so much. <laughs> so it was, so clearly your original statement to struck wasn't true. I mean, right? That the marriage was good. My original statement to Mike Stroke. I guess I reported that Kathy was missing. Right, but I mean when... And he asked about the marriage, right. and I said there were some minor problems, and then her friend said there were major problems. Right, and it, it, it was interesting, you know, even during, um, you know, during the interview uh, with Mark and Angie, you were asked about um, her family, and you would say, um, you know, you would say, uh, you were asked, there's a question where you're asked, um, you know, was it kind of Bob meets the average American family? And you respond, you say, no, it was more like Bob was forced to, uh, and then you, you, you go on and, and you explain. And what really kind of caught me was that most people, when they're talking to anybody, I mean, police, family, et cetera, most people are very much concerned with what other people think of them and so what will happen is, is that they will, they will kind of make themselves out to be nicer, better, etc. And I noticed that with about 90% of the things you're asked, you are brutally honest. I mean, more honest than, than most people that I've seen for 90%. But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, is that something you're aware of about yourself in comparison to other people or no? 
I mean, is that something, am I pointing out something that you ever thought about or was aware of or, or no? More or less, I'm certainly aware of it. Yeah, and, but what it means is that for the other 10% or 5%, whatever it is, um, you know, when you're not as straightforward, it's, um, it becomes easier, you know, for, for you to, to maybe uh, fudge a little bit. And so, you know, I've watched everything, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna lay my cards on the table. Um, I'm here talking to you today because I truly believe, Bob, I don't think you feel that badly about Morris. That, that's, that, 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 that's my view. I don't think you feel badly about Morris. I don't know how you feel about Kathy, but here's what I do know. I know that when you killed Susan, that was not something you wanted to do. Do, do you know how I know that? I mean, are you interested in why I know that? I'm gonna stay away from killing Susan. Okay, well let me ask you this. So so do you mind if I tell you why I think that? Well right ahead. Well so so the reason that I think that is because you know that the killer left a note, right? I know that. The cadaver note. And um forgetting for a second, just talking about the killer, why would you think the killer would have left a note. I'm gonna stay away from that. Okay, let me so let me let me go another way. Forget about Susan for a second. I just want to talk about somebody in general. Let's say that somebody is murdered. So we're not talking about Susan right now. And the the killer kills them and sends a note wanting their body found. So I want to be clear, we're not talking about Susan. I'm asking you in that scenario, so you're a police officer. In my case, so um, in in this example, you, you can't have smoked any pot that day. It's just not good for the uh, as a police officer. You're going to have to have no pot for that day. So I've been smoking pot every day <laughs> of my life for as long as I can remember. Right, right. So 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 that means um, so it, since it's my example, so for this day, um, you're a police officer for the day. You're a detective, and you get called. You know, there's a crime scene. Again, we're not talking about Susan. And you end up finding out that the killer has left a note. What would that tell you about how that killer felt about the person that they had killed? A note basically saying, hey, here's where the body is. Some, something you're comfortable answering or no? No. Well, okay, so, so let, me, let, let, let me go on. So here's what, here, here's what I think. Well, here's what I know. I deal, Bob, with all kinds of people. So I've been, um, uh, do you want me to tell you a little bit about, about what I do and who I am? <laughs> Whatever you want to talk to me about. It's more pleasant in here than out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, so I'm a, I'm a deputy DA. I've been a prosecutor for a little over 20 years. And my area, what I do, I do cold murder cases. And um, 
I do complex circumstantial murder cases, and and I have dealt with all kinds of people. Um, not not most of the people that I deal with. I have kind of a weird area. Most of the people that I prosecute, almost without exception, I do a lot of uh, guys that um, kill their wives. Um, I do a lot of no body cases, and most of the probably ninety percent of the cases that I do, maybe more than that. The person that I'm sitting across from, they're they're like you. They're they're educated. They're smart. They're not, you know, a dangerous individual. Uh, they're not out committing all kinds of crimes. And for for most of my defendants, what happened was is that on a certain night, a certain thing happened with with them and their spouse that they things happen. They do something they regret, and they um, they can't undo it. I'm surprised there are that many of those that you have a full-time job working on. Oh my gosh, I have um. Well, you know, LA is a big place, yeah. so I think I've done, I think I've probably done seven, seven or six, seven, eight no-body cases to to trial, and they're they're very interesting because they're because they're challenging. But what happened? So I prosecuted a guy. Um, the last trial I did, uh, two trials ago, very, very regular nice guy. Um, he had gotten married. Um, but this, if this stuff's boring you, let me know. No, uh, not uh, at all. Okay, okay. So um, I prosecuted a guy who um, was in high school, real good-looking guy, star football player, star baseball player. He's the kind of guy that peaked his junior year in high school. Um, and he was, you know best athlete uh, at Torrance High School at the time, and there was a, a girl two or three years younger than he was who was beautiful, and they started dating, and she ends up getting pregnant, and the two of them, she gets pregnant uh, in her uh, junior year, and she has the baby, and comes back and finishes. He graduates, and they get married. Um, he doesn't have, um, he's a real hardworking guy. His dad had left him, he lived with his mom. Um, when he graduates, you know, he's one of those guys that's a good high school athlete, but you know, that's all it's gonna be. And so um, he's trying to figure out what he's gonna do and he marries Carol and her father had a painting business. And, um, and it's funny, cause I've talked to, his, his name's Mike, I've talked to Mike for hours uh, in this case. So I got to know him very well. So this is Mike. So Mike tells me that so one day he's working like a, a very menial job. And he says, uh, his father-in-law Milt comes up to him and he says, hey Mike, do you know how to paint? And Mike says, um, I go, yeah, well, I know how to paint. And Mike says, I had no idea how to paint. And he says, he goes to work for Milt and Milt teaches him the trade. Um, Carol's parents had three daughters. They had no sons. And Mike became, he wasn't a son-in-law, he was their son. So he and Milt were in business for 25, 30 years. And into the marriage, uh, Carol, the wife, it was one of those situations where she outgrew this guy, literally the day after they met, okay? She was beautiful, she was smart, and he's a very nice guy. He was a guy who, he told me, I never thought I'd own a house. I never thought I'd really have a good job. They had a little house by her parents that they bought. 
He had his job with his father-in-law. He was happy. He'd come home. He'd play basketball. Carol wanted a lot more. She ends up having an affair, um, which he finds out about. Um, doesn't end the marriage. And unbeknownst to him, she's having another affair uh, at the time that she's going she's gonna to be killed. And what happens is, is that she has basically decided, they have two young kids, seven and a 10 year old, and she's decided that she's gonna leave him and she wants to sell the house. And he knows he doesn't wanna sell the house because he knows that if he signs to sell the house, takes both of them, she's gonna be gone. So the day before she disappeared, and one of the things that's kind of neat about the cases that I do is that, um, so she disappeared the day that Ronald Reagan was shot. So it's kind of weird. So when I go back, my cases are, um, you know, it's 2015, but I'm living in 1977 or 1982 or 1983. So it was the day Reagan was shot and um, they have an argument. Uh, the night before, they're at her parents' house for Sunday dinner and she's upset with them and her mother walks them back to the car. And Mike is a huge guy. He's, he, he's, he's bigger than, he's like, he's like Mike Whalen, only he's younger, much more handsome, and, and a little more muscular. And so, uh, so what he ends up doing is, they're walking back to the car, and the mother-in-law says, uh, the daughter says, get in the back seat to him. So he goes, okay. And her mother says, Mike, are you gonna, are you gonna take that? And it's her mom. He goes, uh, "Yep." Gets in the back seat. They go home. Um, according to him, she disappears. She leaves in the middle of the night, never to be seen again. Now the problem for him is, is that when he was talked to, he could never keep the same story about when the last time he saw her. One version is they went to bed together. Then she woke in the middle of the night. Another version is something else. And the problem for him is, is that the last time you, you, know, you see your wife is a significant thing. Um, we never found her body, and I ended up prosecuting him for murder. And um, after I prosecute him, after the trial's over, I begged him before trial. Um, I had offered him a very reduced um, sentence on the murder because the family, they loved him. Um, I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was, it's been, it was 30, uh, 33 or 34 years later, and they still did not want to believe that she was dead. I mean, it was really sad. And they didn't want to believe that Mike had done it because he was more like a son and a, and a brother. So I, I, the family just wanted to know where her body was. And I offered him what would have been what we call a time-served offer, meaning just admit and tell me where the body is, and you'll get a voluntary manslaughter. He wouldn't do it. I became close to his son during the case, and he and his son were very close. The son was the third generation painter, so the son had taken over the business now. And unfortunately, Mike went to trial, he, uh, he testified, um, he was convicted, and after he was convicted, now all of a sudden, it, it's not simple, he, he didn't come out, wasn't honest to begin with, but he ends up confessing to me that he killed her. Um, was very sad and when I talked to him um, I mean he, he he's a good guy he's the kind of guy that if if 
A gun was on the table. If Mike dropped his gun and it rolled over here, Mike would have said, hey, your gun's here, would have handed it back. He's a, he's a regular guy. But on that one night, um, and what turned out that it happened was that his, his wife, had, wife had told him that um, she was having an affair and her sister was going to get married in a, in a week or so and he wanted to bring this guy, she wanted to bring this guy to the wedding. And he got very angry and he, and, and he killed her. And he told me that he had basically halfway convinced himself that he didn't do it. He basically he said, um, it was very funny because when he was on the witness, he testified at trial. And I was having him go through um, like how big the trunk was in his car. We thought that he had put her body in the trunk of his car in a tarp, and he had. And he said that as I was questioning him, he could actually see what he had done, and he was still trying to deny it. The point of the story is that he was a decent guy, um, but he's a guy that did something terrible. Um, and he couldn't take it back. And in the end, what he ended up doing was, he ended up admitting, here's what I did, it was hard for him because his son, who was very close to him, you know, he, it, it was tough. And, and her family, but he eventually, he ended up, after he was convicted, saying, hey, here's what I did. And I can tell you that I have spoken to him since then. And he's in prison. Um, and it's tough for him because obviously that's not where he wanted to spend. He's actually a little bit younger than you, but not that much. He's around, he's in his early sixties, but he has told me that at least for him, getting it off his chest, admitting to what happened, um, has helped. So as you're listening, um, I'm I just, will you at least consider listen you'll you'll listen to what i'm saying right i'm listening to everything you're saying okay but i would like to interject sure that in 2007 my health started going to pot okay and um i got cancer of the esophagus right and the surgeon very successfully cut out the whole esophagus at baylor the, the cancer was gone no chemo no radiation no none of that but when he cut out the esophagus, he cut out other parts of my gut, and I have a problem with urinating. Now, right oh. now, I feel I need to urinate. Oh, okay. So I would like to urinate. No problem. No problem. Thank you over there. So, so right now, aside from from what 
you know your current situation is and, and obviously there are there are lots of things that I know um, and, and, and I know it's tough and I'm guessing right now you're probably nervous is that right and scared I mean it's you know this is a terrible place to be and it's not you know it's certainly not the kind of lifestyle you know and place that, that you've been and it's um, I mean I, I know it's scary being here um, I think that I get the impression from everything that, I, that I've listened to over the years um, I think you know when you're talking to somebody that knows you or doesn't know you right I mean you know what I'm saying does that make sense no I'm not getting this so in talking to me do you feel like I'm somebody that hey this guy seems like he knows a lot about me Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely do. Um, as much as I could find out about you, I know. Um, I've been I've been working on this case for a couple of years, um, and you know I've done murder cases almost my entire career, and there's no question that of any suspect I've ever had, ever dealt with, you are the most interesting. It's not even close. Um, I've told people that if you put, I've been really blessed to do a lot of interesting cases in my career. If you put every case together, they are 1% as interesting as, as your situation. Um, so what I was saying was that Mike finally got to the point where, for him, he's, you know what, it, it's worth getting it out. Um, I know that, um, I mean, as you sit here, maybe I should ask you this, as you sit here right now, kind of where do you see, what are your hopes for going forward? What are you hoping is going to happen? Well, 72 years old, Okay. cancer survivor. I have hydrocephalus. Yep. And, and and that's my shunt right I, there. I saw it. And I don't blame the surgeon, and I did not sue the surgeon, but um, what he did for me worked out to be very bad for me. My balance is not better than when we started, and that was the purpose of the operation. And he had to do an operation on my spine before doing my head. And as a result of that... You just don't have good movement. The oh, God. I can't... I've got the same problem that, uh, that you do. My hearing is not so good. It took me a second to hear it. Yeah, that is... Uh, that, that's not good, you know. Um, so it hurts to, to, do, to look like that or to look like that. And at the end of the day, um, it, just walking around a little bit, everything from here to here gets all tight and swollen. And I have to stretch for a while before I can walk anymore. Um, Are you able to drive a car? Can you drive a yeah. car? Yes, I can do those okay. things. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. Um, anyway, you know, so I'm looking. I'm 72. Right. Almost, almost, um, 
almost 72. Not till April 12th, I think. April 12th, excellent memory. Going forward, I'm told my life expectancy is about five years. So there's not much that I could agree with, with anybody that somebody could offer me unless they could offer me more life, right? something like that. There's just not much I can say, listen, um, look at this. I just have no idea how we could reach an agreement on something. Well, let me let, let me let me ask you this, and again, I'm going to speak hypothetically, so you don't feel like you're. If there's something let, that I could do, that would be worthwhile for somebody else, well, and they could do something for me, okay. then you well, know there'd be a direction. But, well, but I well, don't see much direction. Well, well let me let me <coughs> let me. Let me explain kind of where things are at <clears throat> and what <clears throat> what I can do <clears throat> potentially. Um, <clears throat> your situation, you know, where you kind of sit right now, hypothetically, because uh, this is an important thing, and and you, in a lot of ways, I think I think I might get an honest response from you. I want you to assume. For a minute, and I'm saying this, so you're not admitting. I'm telling you. I want I want you to assume that you had done some of the things or all the things that I think you did. I want you to assume that you killed Kathy, for instance. And I, I know you're saying you're denying that, right? You're saying I didn't do that, correct? Correct. Well, I want you to assume you did do it. If you did do it, at this point in your life, would you have an interest in um, in saying what happened and telling her family if you had done it or would you go no you know what no that's not really something i would care about i don't really care if they know where she is what i did with her if that had happened if there was something i could do for her family okay and it would get me <clears throat> then then it would be worthwhile for me well so so here's what i can tell you um you know that Anne's 101 now. I have no idea. Yeah, she is. She's 101. Um, you know, and you know that Kathy's grandmother lived to be 100, or at least that. Um, I don't. I don't actually know when she when when she died. Um, and obviously, you know, losing a daughter, um, you know, is is difficult. Losing a, a is sister. she still losing? You know what? Um, so I've never contacted her. So, you know, it's interesting. By the way, did you ever have any idea that we were looking at, forgetting about the jinx for a second. So I've been, I've been working on this. We've been working on this. Um, uh, they haven't been working on it as long as I have. They came in late. Um, but I've been working on this case for two years, and I'm curious if you had any idea that I was working on it out here. Out here in New Orleans? No, I, no I, that's not what I mean. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in Los Angeles. Well, I assumed you would be. Um, well, so I'd been, um, I've been working on this case for, for all that time, trying to get to know as much as I could, trying to learn as much as I could, and, and trying to, to put it together. Um, we tried to be careful who we contacted. Um, so, so it's interesting. 
you know that your brother Douglas, who I've never talked to, by the way, what's interesting to me, and again, I'm telling you what I, what I know, I know that, so again, Bob, I don't know what happened with you and, and Kathy in terms of particulars. I don't know whether you planned it out. I don't know whether whether it was something that happened just while you were there. It would not surprise me. Some people disagree with me. Um, the whole Prudence Sparrow situation. Um, she looks like I know that you had a lot of affairs. You had a great line with um, with Mark and Andrew. You know, you were asked about the. This is one of the things, Bob, that you are. And I'm all over the board here, but it's interesting. I watched all good things. You watched all good things. Do you know the biggest problem with all good things, in my opinion? The biggest problem. Do you know what it was? I don't know. Ryan Gosling. Do you know what the problem with Ryan Gosling was? No. By the way, I would love for Ryan Gosling to play me in a movie because he's a really good-looking guy. Did a part of you go, that's pretty cool having a guy uh, that good-looking play me? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. In my movie, I would get John Lovitz or, um, or I would get Jonah Hill. Um, but the thing about that movie, the reason it didn't work, was that Ryan Gosling's portrayal of you, he was like a, a very small presence. When you're talking versus when he's talking, he couldn't play you. He wasn't even, it was the real you he didn't get. Um, by the way, again, and it's interesting to me, what made you do, do the movie, do the, do the commentary and talk to, to Mark and Andrew? It was, it, it, I'm still, I don't get it. What made you talk to them? Still sort of putting that together in my own mind. But I'd been approached by 48 hours. And way back when, I was approached by Connie Chung. And they wanted <coughs> to do something like had come out with Mike Tyson, where there was all this bad stuff about him. And he was actually really a good guy. Okay. And, and they wanted to do that with me, and I never felt like that. I never felt that I was really a good guy. You know, it's it, and and that's always um, that's what I'm saying, Bob. You, a lot of people in your position, they try to make themselves out to be a lot better person, a lot less responsible. You you don't do that at all. Uh, when you were when you were talking about Kathy and the affair, so it was it was, it was interesting. And I would laugh when I would. I've watched all 20 hours of your interviews over and over again. The biggest problem with the jinx, do you know what the, my feeling the biggest problem is? It doesn't, you're better than what they've got. Your natural interviews is it's better. Um, uh, yeah, for the whole long weekend when I did the interviews for the Jinx, yeah. I was on meth the whole time I was on meth. And when I looked at the little pieces of it, I was wondering like this and like that. And it was, should have been an obvious 
surprised my lawyer let me go ahead with it because it just I looked like there was something going on. Well, so, so Bob, is is that a way of you of you saying that the things you, that you said during that interview, um, you didn't understand questions or you weren't getting it? Because Bob, Bob, because before you go any further on that, certain things I know, and you seem like a straight shooter. I assume. You would prefer that I be a straight shooter and not a bullshitter, right? Sure. Okay, I'm a straight shooter. What you just told me is bullshit. <laughs> you were, I've watched those interviews. I don't know why you did it. I still don't explain. I know your lawyers didn't want you to do it. No, they did not want me to do it. And they told you they didn't want you to do it repeatedly. Repeatedly. <laughs> and, and, and you did it anyway. Um, when... When you were asked during those interviews, so for instance, you were asked about um, your relationship with Kathy, and you were asked about, you remember how you used to take the Polaroids? And you would take the Polaroids, and, and then you would have some woman over, you'd take the Polaroid before, take all the stuff down, then when she left, match up the Polaroid and put it back, right? And, and, um, and you were asked by Mark and Andrew, why did you do that? And you say, or by, by, I say Mark and Andrew, but it's Andrew with Mark's there. Um, and you say, uh, because I wanted to do her and I didn't want her to know that I was married. Which, by the way, is a very, very honest answer. Clearly, that's why you did it. You were then asked about, hey, how would you feel uh, basically uh, about the double standard if Kathy had done it? And your line was, well, um, uh, it's okay for me to do it, but you better not. You were a proud bearer of the double standard. And I would assume that, that, that you knew. So your condition during those interviews, it's very clear that you understood the questions, that you understood the answers. So, you know, I mean, you, you can say that you were on drugs and didn't know what was going on. I can tell you, I mean, that one, that one won't work. You know, it's interesting. Um, go ahead. I'm not trying to say that my answers were wrong. I'm just trying to say I was go 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 god during the thing. Right. I, I think that what I said were the correct answers to, to the questions. But we were talking before about why did I do it anyway? Oh, 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 and oh. I think the reason I did it had to be because I was spooked, speeding. Oh, okay. So, so, but so you're saying you're not disputing. That you answered the no, stuff. No, I'm, I'm I'm happy to live by the answer. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that that's what made you. Because because I'll tell you, I've tried to figure out. So this is one of the things that's fascinating to me about you, is that you are an extremely bright guy. There there's no doubt about it, and it's interesting because um, in your, it seems to me that in the end, with all the money that you have, you know things that that. Um, you know, most of us can only dream about. It doesn't seem like you've ever been very happy. I mean, am, am I right? Oh, very right. And and even more than that, it seems like that had you been the same Bob Durst and been born, you know, Bob Smith, and your dad was a a lawyer, you know, a, a doctor, you know, successful, but not what you have that 
life might have been different. Um, might have been, um, you know, you would have been more motivated. You would agree that your your motivation to succeed in life, to kind of at least in a kind of conventional way, you never really had it, right? No, I never really had it. And part of succeeding is that you gotta fight. Whether you like the fight or don't like the fight. My brother who took over the company, he liked to fight. Kathy liked to fight. I don't like to fight. Yeah, and, 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 and listen, I, I absolutely believe that. And, and by the way, I know that one of the things that, that was bizarre to me is that, so the footage, the depositions of you and Doug that was occurring when you were basically suing him over the trust stuff, right? Right. And my understanding is, and I, I, my, I don't think you mind talking about this at all, my understanding is is that you believe that Douglas did improper things regarding the trust, right? Yes. And if I were to ask you on a scale of one to a hundred, with one being, you know, I'm not really sure, and a hundred being, I'm absolutely positively certain he did illegal things with the trust, what would you tell me? I'd say I, that that's the right answer. Between one and a hundred, how sure? A hundred. A hundred, right? Okay. And and in addition, tell me tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I don't think I am. I think one of the reasons that you, and it's fair to say you pretty much hate Douglas, right? That would be fair. Okay. Um, by the way, um, one of the things that I always worried about, uh, I thought about when. Um, uh, you have an incredible sense of humor, and do you know what I'm especially referring to? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know what you. I mean, I I have a very dry sense of okay. humor. So, I have a sense of humor. All right, you made. Um, do you remember the Durst Obesity Clinic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, I, I have that. I, I've seen it. Now, I would like to say that I am not a fat guy. But if I were to say that, let's face it, that would be a lie. So my so my, my concern is is tell me when when uh, when you leave. I'm hoping I will not be the Lewin Obesity Clinic cartoon. Uh, I, I always thought you know when Bob sees me, I'm gonna end up in one of his little cartoons that he made up. But is that is that gonna gonna happen or probably not? Uh, no, I mean there's lots of people in here. That when it comes to obesity or obese and you're not oh you know what I'm gonna that's you know that is a when I get back my wife and I've had this argument my wife's in really good shape much better shape than I am and she's she has said that I'm pushing obese so technically so I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell her that the you certainly sit. don't see obese <laughs> well uh, hey, listen I'll I'll take it um but so Douglas one of the things that you tell me if I'm right about this I think one of the reasons that you hate Douglas is that Douglas, in your mind, is a phony. Douglas beat me up. Yeah, yeah, but no, but, but I mean, yeah, going back when you were a kid. But I'm even saying, broadly speaking, Douglas beat me up. Did you mean physically, or do you mean? I don't mean physically. I mean beat me up. My, my wife said it in in the um, the jinx. Yeah. When when, when she was on the phone and they had those recorded messages. She said Douglas wanted to steal your birthright, take over the company, 
you know, steal your money, um, such and such and such and such, and he's done it. And she's right. Douglas well, wanted to take and, my birthright, and he got wanted it. to run the company, wanted to take my money, and he did those things. You know what's interesting though, Bob? Unless I'm wrong, I don't think you ever wanted that life. No, I didn't. But, but it doesn't, I don't think you wanted it, but I think it made you very angry that he, tell me if I'm wrong, I think that you would have very easily let him, he wanted to run it, he wanted to do that. If he would have let you have your position and not kind of humiliated you, you would have been willing to kind of let him run it, right? Absolutely. And, and I think the other thing that, that at least I sense about Douglas that bothers you is that you don't consider Douglas to be a, I think you think Douglas is a phony. So for instance, when, you know, Douglas gets his, you know, awards and he's the, the man about town and he's, you know, Mr. Environment, etc. And I, you tell me if I'm wrong, I bet you watch and you go, that's not Douglas. Am I right? To some extent. I mean, I wouldn't watch it. Well, well, well let, let, me go, let me go another way. When, when Kathy disappeared, Douglas has said that he knows nothing about anything that happened after Kathy disappeared. Well, that would not be true. And, and he was, he, he and your dad were coordinating the meetings with Ed Wright and Scapetta, right? Yes. Um, you know, what, what's, what's interesting, uh, I, we, we all knew you were going to flee at some point. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, you can, I mean, I assume that you're not denying that you were in the process of fleeing. I'm not denying I, I was in the process yeah, right. of I, and, and I think the reason you're not doing it is you know it's obvious there's, there's nothing you do it. Here's what I understand though. If you've known, so you, my understanding is you were waiting. So when, when were you going to be leaving? So you, we got you today. It's, so then I go another way. Why are you still here? How come you're not in Cuba? How come you weren't in Cuba three months ago or a year ago? I don't get it. Well, we, we got to step back. Okay. I had no idea that I was going to need to flee. I had made arrangements. I had considered the possibility. I had looked here and looked there. But I had never really said, you know what? They're going to come after me. I've got to get far away where they can't get me. And I've got to do this, this, and this, and go over there. I, I never got that. I liked living in Houston. But, but didn't you do that? So after the last interview with Mark and Andrew, do you remember what you did right after that interview? The last interview? Right afterwards? Do you remember or no? Where you went? The last interview, you know, the interviews took place over a three-day weekend. They did, but remember, then there's the interview after that, a year and a half later, when they end up showing you the um, the letter that you now the envelope that they now know you now know they got from Syrup. Yeah. So, so that was a year and a half later. So I understand after the first 
the original interviews, I understand why you, you weren't really thinking anything was that bad, but how come you, at, that was 2012 and you knew you saw the envelopes. How come you didn't, you didn't leave then? I, I'm, it's mind boggling to me. Why didn't I leave then? Yeah. I guess inertia. I just didn't really, really, really think that I was going to end up arrested. Um. So when the so far there's been nothing that's aired on the Jinx that you weren't aware of, right? Other than only back up. You did not know that 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 envelope had come from syrup, right? Does that make sense? I knew that my handwriting was my handwriting, and I knew I had written a whole bunch of letters to Susan. Right. And I, if not knew, certainly assumed or expected that because Susan always saved everything. That, that they were right. there somewhere. Right, but I'm sure you probably thought that the police had them, had all of them, and it turned out that, that Sarah uh, had one of them. You know, which is an interesting thing, too. Um, uh, seemed to me the police had them and then right. didn't appreciate what was there. Right. So, so you're thinking if the police haven't done anything all these years, you're thinking it's probably okay. And it was the same thing one week later, and the next week later, and the next week later. And I've been doing this medical stuff since 2007. Thinking I'm going to run away, my doctors are here. I mean, I was living in Los Angeles for the four years. Right, but then you just, all of a sudden, you sold everything, and we thought that's because you were worried about us. Is that right? That was because I was getting sicker and I had to choose a place where I was going to go into the hospital and be operated on. So is your, is your preferred Houston Medical Center to, to the, the doctors I met in Los Angeles? Um, okay, so, so, so here's the other thing I don't get. You started moving, so after, uh, before, between Susan's death and Morris's death, you ended up getting a bunch of money, you know, you took it out, you had it in the car, etc. And, um, and then you got caught in Pennsylvania. But, by the way, can you tell me, I always joke, Bob, because I'm Jewish as well, and you're Jewish, you did not help our people's reputation by shoplifting the, uh, the $7 uh, sandwich. Our people get enough grief that did not help our reputation. So can you tell me why, with all your money, what made you do that? Well, in, in the, the interviews, um, Detective Cody Cazales says he wanted to get caught. And I look back at that thing, and maybe I wanted to get caught. I certainly can't explain it any other way. Um, Being a fugitive was, was not something I did well. Right. When, when I was in prison, none of the inmates could understand that at all. I mean, you have lots of money, why'd you get caught? If right. I had lots of money, I, I'd never get caught. I got caught with lots of money. 
Well, well, I can't explain it. I can't explain it to you. Right. Could, could you explain you? it to the inmates? I mean, it was just ridiculous. That's one of the few things that Cody Gonzalez says that I can sort of say, well, maybe that's what, what, what it was. I hated being a fugitive. I would walk down the street and turn around and right. start looking over my shoulder. You know, it was just, it was, I was the worst fugitive the world has ever met. You would, um, when, when you would talk about, you know, there's a couple expressions that, that you use that, um, that are, are just, you'll say, um, during your interviews, you'll always, no matter, no matter what, what's going on, the end of them is always, I just wanted to go to bed. Uh, you know, well, you're talking about whatever incident, you'll go, so then you'll go, uh, hey, when were you, when, when Kathy, wasn't going to come back. The terrorist incident with the with Ann and I think it's Kevin and Ann who lived at the Doyles next door. Do you remember that incident? Yeah. And and you were asked about it, and all you know in the they're showing you the commentary, and you're going and you're admitting it. Yeah, we had a fight, and it was raining outside, and and you're not denying anything. And then they're asking you about it, and and and, and you're going, I just wanted to go to bed. Um, you always use that expression. You also always say, like you're asking about, um, and I don't, I can't do you as good as you can do you, obviously. But you'll you'll say something like um, about you know your your wig. You know, so I I go I've grown a beard in the past. I mean, I, but I can't grow one overnight. And I I decided you know uh, clean close shave a wig small guy small small guy. And I'm looking not, uh, pretty good. <laughs> You'll say pretty, pretty good. Um, so, I, so I'm always, it, it, it's interesting to me because I, I look at some of the stuff that, that you did and as bright as you are, per, perfect example. I don't think you're going to have a problem talking about this. You told Mike Strzok that you had drinks with, with the mayors, right? Yeah. Did, didn't you know they're gonna they're gonna come back and ask? Ex you know, I don't get that one. Explain that. Monday morning quarterbacking. I told him I had drinks with the mayors. And the fact that obviously he's gonna go right over and say to the mayors, he says he had drinks with you. Did you had drinks with him. They're gonna say no, of course. Was, <laughs> so 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 you, you know what you said, and this what do you, do you remember what you told Mark and Andrew about why you why you made that up. Do you, do you remember what, what you told them, or no? Oh, no leave me alone. Yeah, yeah this, you said, you said, this is what you said, you said, um, uh, who knew that the police would do oodles of investigation and I would look for motive and uh, I wasn't used to somebody questioning my veracity. Um, do, do you remember saying that? Yeah. Do, hey, so, so do I do a pretty decent you? Pretty good? Yeah. Okay, I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been it, it's very funny because for me, Working on this case for two years, it's even though I've never met you, it's it's a very weird, probably a weird feeling for you because I feel like I know you extremely well, but I never met you, and you're probably sitting over here going, "That's kind of creepy." This guy seems to know uh, seems to know a lot of. It is a little uncomfortable for you. You've taken the time out and done all this stuff. I, I, listen, I have tried to. Um, I've really tried to get to know you, and I've tried to understand. So I want to go back. For a second, to um, to so for Kathy, um, were you surprised? 
So, uh, what did you think of the original investigation by uh, Detective Strzok? See, I thought Detective Strzok did a pretty reasonable job under the circumstances. It, the way the, 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 the uh, interviews come out makes him look like a nitwit, but I just don't think it was like that. Um, I think that, that was what he said. He has no body, he has no crime scene, it's a missing person. What do you want me to do? Well, well you know what I didn't get? So, so here's the thing. By your own admission, you're the last person to see her before she gets on the train. I mean, that's no secret. You've said that over and over, right? Right. And, and you say she gets on the train, but you would agree that the only evidence of her getting on the train is you, right? Right. So what I didn't understand is, is once you know that Bob is lying, and he knew, you know, he interviewed, I mean, you might not know this, did you know that he interviewed who he? Oh, Struck. They knew about um, uh, about uh, uh, Mayor a week right away. They yeah. would have had to know right yeah. away. Yes. Yeah. So, so here, why didn't they search? They should have gone to the house on Hoyt, and they should have searched it. You see, they did search it. Fifteen, twenty years later. Well, and Mike struck people. You were talking about a little house, right? And um, Janine Pirro had them in a lake and all this stuff. The house was very small in terms of searching the house. It's eleven hundred feet, eight hundred feet upstairs. This is the old house. It's been demolished. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, no. Three hundred feet downstairs. They walked into all the rooms. They looked everywhere. That you, you, crawl space. Wait, 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 you're talking about the state troopers, right? The Connecticut yes, state troopers. Whoever I, they were. It wasn't Connecticut, it was New York. Yeah, not yet, I don't mean Connecticut. Yeah, the, the New York state troopers. Uh, but, and, that, and they're doing that um, how soon after the murder? By your, I'm sorry, how soon after her disappearance were they, were they doing the search of the, that they came over? Do you remember? Trust me, I'll get him. The day after I reported it, I reported it on a Thursday. The, the day after was Friday, right? And they went into the house and they looked everywhere. There wasn't much to look at. They all show that downstairs door going out to the crawl space. There was no basement in the house. So what you had underneath the living room and the bedroom was about two and a half feet high. Right. Well, wait a minute, but, but so you report, you report it to the 20th precinct on Friday. Uh, I know. I called Thursday. Thursday, right, right. And, and, and you said, and they told you you had to wait. Um, they you, said we don't want to hear about right. it. In essence, they didn't use those words, but they said you guys must have had a right. spat. It's just been four or five days. Right. They sounded like my father and my brother. Um, nothing's going to come of this. Uh, we, we need some kind of evidence that, that something's happened to her, rather than what you're telling us is that she split. 
Right, but let me go back. Why was it that, how was it that the troopers came to the house? You didn't call them. It was Gil Gilberta, right? Gilberta contacted them Friday morning after I had told everybody that I hadn't seen her since the following right. Sunday. And I went into the precinct uh, where, where, where Mike Strook was right. Friday afternoon. So, so, you know, when you came in, um, you had that that couple year old New York magazine that has your dad, the five. So I was trying to figure out. Tell me if I'm wrong. I it was two years old when you brought it in. You know the magazine cover yeah, I'm talking sure. about, right? It says your dad on the cover. What what made you bring that in? It's, just, it's a weird thing to have. It's two years old. Or, or can I tell you what I think? Are you going you can definitely tell me what you think. Um, well, I'd, I'd rather hear what you think. Go ahead. Tell me why you brought it in. Huh. Why did I bring that in? Um, that was I had, had a. In the business, we, we, we kept old newspaper stories right. about us, right. and that's just jumped up at me. Well, so, so to me, I think you kind of brought that in because you were, you were kind of showing them, hey, I'm an important person. It's, I mean, yes, yes. Okay. So, so you go in there, and, um, and you know what was strange to me was, and I don't know if you remember this, you called from South Salem, you called Anne or Mary, I can't remember which, or both, I think you called Gilberta, you called some of Kathy's friends and family to find out if they'd seen her, right? Did you remember that? Sure. But, but what was strange was, before you called them to check where she was, you actually called the police. You had already called and the number for the police. So it was weird to me, how come you didn't call them first before you called the police? Does that, do you, do you understand what I mean or no? I was not looking forward to talking to them at all. Okay. I was calling the police to, to report Kathy missing and if if when I called they said sure come on in tomorrow and you you'll report a missing person I don't think I would have called her family or Gilbert at all right but, but it would seem to me that if you're gonna if, if you think Kathy's okay if you're trying to figure out what's wrong with her the first thing you do is you call her family and you go hey have you seen Kathy it's just a weird, do you see what seems strange about calling the police first? First I should call her family and friends right. before calling the police. So, so tell me, why, why the police first? That one I didn't understand. Because I didn't feel like talking to her family and friends. Okay. Everything okay? Oh yeah, that's the chief of police. Oh, okay. Um, so, so you go and you, um, and you end up uh, reporting her missing on that, on that Friday. Um, you you knew that Kathy um, was going to start a new rotation on Monday. She was going to be doing that. The uh, it's an acute. I think it was an acute uh, 
pediatric ICU rotation. Something like yeah. that. Um, and, and you were aware um, that if, you know, if Kathy couldn't, you know, couldn't come in or wasn't available, you didn't know specifically where she was doing the rotation, right? You didn't have the name of the doctor and the place she was going to be doing it, right? You didn't know. I, there was a um, neurologist who was very close to Kathy. I always felt too close to Kathy. And they had numerous phone calls. Do you, do you remember who that was? George's name? can recall it. I can't recall it right now, but I can definitely re re recall it because they had repeated telephone conversations. Was this a student or? No, this was the head of the neurology department. Oh, wait, wait, neurology or urology? What's the difference? NEU? Yeah, yeah no, no, neurology <laughs> is going to be, neurology is going to be somebody who's dealing with nerves in the brain. Yeah. Urology is generally going to oh, be Oh, excuse me, definitely neurology. Neurology, okay. And her and he and Kathy had become quite close. Right. And that is what I believe she was doing. So you thought she was going to do the neurology clerkship that right. way? Right. So let me ask you, if Kathy wasn't going to come in to, um, let's say she was she was unavailable, she was sick, etc., what you would have known is that she would need to call, you know, the dean's office to say, hey, I can't come in, right? She would need to call somebody. Do, do you know who she would call? Do you any idea? No. But, but at least you knew... I knew the neurologist's phone number. I knew that she was spending a lot of time with a man. And I had either deduced or been told whatever it, that it, that's it, what she was doing. It's not Dr. Cook, is it? Was it an African American no. guy? Okay. Um, so you know that that Dean Cooperman gets a call on Monday morning, supposedly. To where you, you're aware of that, right? What is that? I don't know. Something about this, but go ahead. Um, you you know about the the call to the dean, right? So I went back and I talked to him, and what the dean said was, the dean said that basically he had only talked to Kathy maybe 10 minutes the whole time she'd been there. Oh, that's not true. And I don't think oh. that's true. And he said the only reason that he thought it was Kathy that called him was because the person that called on the phone said, it's Kathy. But what's interesting was, is that if Kathy were going to be calling to, to say she wasn't coming in, Kathy would have called the rotation where she was going to be. Does that, does that make sense? I guess. I mean, I have no idea how that stuff works. I mean, so, so there was um, the hospital and right. there was the, the medical right. school right. and certain things the hospital was right. doing right. and certain things the medical. Right. You, you wouldn't have known. Hey, she needs to call Dr. Smith at no, right. I wouldn't have known that. But 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 you would have known, hey, she could always call the dean of the medical school, right? You would know that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he gets this call. And by the way, that call was a big problem for New York. Because they're going, wait, if Kathy is dead, how can she be calling? Um, I don't think Kathy called. 
I know, do you know who I think? And I'm not asking you what happened, but do you know who I think called? Any guesses? The movie and, and uh, Andrew was under the opinion it was Susan Berman. Yeah, and, and, and I, I want to I ask you something. And again, we're not talking about what actually happened, but let's say you would have come to Susan, okay? She would have said no. She would have said no? She would not have risked her life for something like that. Well, let me, wait, wait, before you, let me just ask you though. So I want to change a little bit. Let's say that you came to Susan and you said, you know what? Kathy and I got into an argument um, and she accidentally hit her head and oh my God, I don't know what to do. You said Susan was your best friend, right? I mean, yeah? No? Yes. Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. Susan was, was probably closer to me. Two years of my life, Kathy was my best friend. Right. But other than that, Susan was my best friend. And, and Susan was a very loyal person, would you agree? Absolutely. So, do you think that if you would have come to Susan, I'm not saying you did this, but if you would have come to Susan and said, you know what? Oh my God, I got into an argument with Kathy. She was furious at me. She hit her head. She died. I panicked. There's nothing I can do. Can you please call the dean? Do you, do you think she would have done that? I don't think she would have done it, but maybe she would have done it. But in the All Good Things movie, they interview lots of people before it and after it. And one of the people they interview is a reporter named Steve Silverman. Yep, I know Steve Silverman. Okay. People Magazine. He was, I think he was in charge of People.com at one point. Oh, good for him. Yeah, and you knew him. Susie used to, he and Susie were roommates at one point. Yeah, I remember yeah. When, when Susie introduced me to Steve Silverman. I was very impressed with Steve Silverman because he and Susie were both unemployed at that time. Right. And Susie was talking about getting a job. And Steve Silverman says, now listen, we are not looking for jobs. We were looking for positions, and that impressed me. Um, in the All Good Things, when they interview Steve Silverman, he says that Susan Berman is the last person you would want to confess a murder to. Right, you know, I, I, it's funny though, when, when almost everybody I've talked to, everybody, that, uh, Linda Obst, you know Linda, Linda Obst, I met her once or twice. Um, the people closest to Susan, everybody says, even Sarah, that if in that situation, maybe a little bit because of her dad, the whole you know mafia thing, that that they think that she would have done anything for you. Damn close. So. So I want to, I, I want to, you know, and I'm going to just ask this straight out. If you, if you had killed Kathy, would you tell me? No. Okay. I, you know what? I pretty. If you had killed Susan, would you tell me? No. All right. It, it, you, you know what, Bob? That is a very honest. It's a very honest answer. As as we're talking, are you okay? Is there I'm something? Okay. Something's. 
Hey, let me help you. What do you need? I'm just trying to pull this orange thing like up this? over these things. Oh, you want this up? Yeah, like this, this and you want this down? Oh, oh, I got it. You want this? Oh, what? There we go. Right. You're welcome. Okay. So, all right. So, listen, I appreciate you you being honest about that. Um, I am. Is it fair to say that between Morris, Kathy, and Susan, at the time that they died, the person that you cared the most about was Susan? Is, is that a fair statement? I mean, I, I mean, that's not. Just that Kathy and Susan are so much earlier than, than Morris. I mean, Morris came into my life much, much later than, than, than Kathy and, and Susan. Well, Morris, Morris, Morris was a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, uh, I guess what I mean by that is, is that by the time Kathy disappeared, you didn't feel the same way about her that you did before, right? I mean, oh no! I mean, Gilberta has it right in her quote when she first met us. We were in love, right? Period. No two ways about it. We were in love. That lasted about two years, right? And then we had the thing with the abortion, right? And that was the end of it. And Bob, you had a great quote that I thought might, maybe one of my favorite quotes in the whole interview is you're talking about what happened to you and Kathy. And the thing that described your relationship best to me is you said basically when you first met, you guys would go out to dinner. And you'd go, and you'd go, you'd tell her, I'm gonna order this, why don't you order this, and then we'll, we'll kind of share. Do you remember this? And you said at the end, Kathy be like, you get what you want, I'll get what I want, and leave my food alone. Yeah? Well, that was very descriptive of the relationship. In the beginning, we shared everything, and towards the end, we stopped sharing anything. Well, I mean, you had, you had talked about, you kind of, you refer to yourself as kind of the dominant one. And I was the dominant person in the marriage. And part of it was that she was really young when you met her. You know, I think you married when when nineteen. I had the money. I was nine years old. Right. I had the education. I was calling the shots, as Kathy would say. Was it was it hot? So as she got older, more confident, and a little bit. Do you feel like she kind of? I mean, this is a. I throw it. I think she kind of got tired of some of the bullshit. I mean, you know, she got tired of... Absolutely. And, and, and you have said, you know, one of the things, again, that, that nobody admits, Bob, except for you. They just don't. You have a quote where you say, I was very, 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 very controlling. All that was true. And, and Kathy got tired of it. Um, and then you had, you know, you, you were having affairs, right? And she was. And she affair. was. And she was. Um, I think that one of your affairs was different than the others. Do you know who I? Do you know which one I think well, was different? Prudence Farrow is, is is what everybody person everybody looks towards. Well, is that is that accurate or no? 
No, no, I was closer to, to Prudence than I was to anybody else that I slept with. I mean, Prudence and I spent time together. My other affairs were one, two nights in the, the end. And Kathy knew and hated the fact that I was seeing Prudence Farrell. You know, you know what's ironic, Bob, into me is that despite the issues, I, do you, I think Kathy loved you even at the end. I mean, she wanted a divorce, but I think, you know, you had a lot of money. Do you think that's what Kathy was after? No, but Kathy felt like somebody, I don't know whom, I would guess Gilberta, told Kathy that if she could prove that, that I'd been beating her up, she would get a bigger settlement. Right. So Kathy started doing these things to start fights, and she would walk around rubbing this and then go tell her friend, look what he did to me, and stuff like that. Well, what, you know, she didn't want me to win. Maybe she accepted that I was going to get a divorce if I wanted to get a divorce, but she didn't want me, she didn't want it to look like I came away the winner. So she had to get a lot of money. You know what, is it fair to say though, you also didn't want her to be the winner, right? Is that fair or no? Because she was only asking for oh, 200. Come on, she wasn't asking for 200,000. No. She didn't even have a, have a real lawyer at, at the time. I mean, I don't know what her. She what, had what? two lawyers that she went through in less than a, in well, well, a well, year. Well, well, hold on a minute. Dale Regis said that that the Thursday before, you guys had rejected a $250,000 settlement. Are, are you saying that that's not true? Not true. Okay. Um, now, on that, would you if if that were true, would you tell me? You you I'm would. I'm going to tell you that. Okay. That, that we never got discussed. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to go back. I asked you before. You know, I asked you a few minutes ago. I said, "Hey, if you had killed Kathy, would you tell me?" And you said, "No." No. I said, "I asked you if you would if you killed Susan, would you tell me?" You said, "No." So, like, so I'm asking you right now, if there had been an agreement for there to have been a $250,000, you know, agreement. You, would you tell me? I would tell you okay. I would have paid it. Yeah, and, okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Bob, I believe you when you tell me that. I think I think you're being truthful about that. How could I reject $250,000? That would be ridiculous. If it ever got into court, she was gonna get a lot more than $250,000. So, so, what, what did you think, what did you think she was gonna get? Because I didn't think you had that she, much she money. She couldn't that. get the trust, okay? Because the trust um, excluded that kind of a problem. If somebody had gotten a judgment against me, the trust would prevent them from from collecting it. How much was the trust giving you? You're getting about three million a year. Is that right at that something, point? Something like that. And, and was that the only? So you're you're getting. That's what you can live on. But you didn't have three million dollars. I'm not like that. I'm not fancy. Uh, hey, uh, what's wrong with me? Uh, what's uh, Mayor's Bill Mayer? Bill Mayer said one of the funniest things um, he said was that uh, he said one day he looks over and there you are fixing your roof. 
or fixing the roof on the shed. And that, that's the kind of thing I like doing. That's why I was not good in the business. I liked tinkering and doing little right. things. I didn't like things for big money. Um, Kathy never went to court. She never filed what you filed to get divorced. Because she didn't want to get divorced. Wait, wait, so t tell me about that. So you think, so your view in the end is she didn't want to get divorced, right? No, I don't think she ever wanted to get divorced. And, and at the end, I actually think you wanted a divorce. At the end, it had just gotten to be one big fight. I just wanted her out. I wanted to go our separate ways. Right. Call it a divorce or a separation, right. whatever you want. I just didn't want to keep doing this. And, and at that point in time, too, is it fair to say that you had fallen in love with Prudence? Yes. And, and Prudence has said that very near the time of Kathy's death, that um, she had told you that um, because you were married, that you know that was a problem for her. Did you remember that? Yeah, we had that discussion. She was married too. Right, but but you had, and she had told you that you needed to be divorced. Let me just, I'm, I'm looking. Some things I remember, Bob, and some stuff, it's, uh, it's a lot to keep track when of. We met, we were both married. Right. When, when we stopped seeing one another, we were both married. So, oh, I'm looking right here. I got, I got it, I just got to find Okay, so Prudence said, Prudence ends up saying that, um, that, well, she told, you remember who Harry Brown was? Harry Brown was a guy she dated. He was an older guy. Old, he older than you are. Her, her husband was that guy, something Brun. Prudence, we're talking right, about. Right, right correct. Um, Harry Brown dated her after... Um, I remember she had an old man boyfriend when I first met her. So, so they, they dated in 1983. By the way, the building that she was living in, was that one of your buildings? One of your family buildings? It was confusing no, to when, when, when I met her, she was living in her mother's apartment on Central Park West. Okay. I rented her at the apartment on 43rd uh, Street. Okay. And that was one of our buildings. So, um, Prudence told Harry that you had told her, and Prudence has said that you had said that you guys got into it because she had concerns Prudence did about you being married. And you've said, yeah, that's true, right? Yes. And, and then you told her it's not a problem she won't be around much longer. Oh, I don't not tell Prudence no. anything like that. Okay, okay. Um, and I have a question. If you had said that, would you tell me? Or no? If I had told Prudence, oh, don't worry about Kathy, she'll be gone soon, I, I, I would tell you, and I did not. Okay, so the, the, in fact, the quote was that she won't be around much longer, she'd be completely gone, out of the picture within a week. So you're saying you did not say that? I did not say that. And, and again, if you had said that, you would agree that... that I that, would tell you. I okay. did not tell Prudence anything. Like okay. Um, did you call Prudence? So it's also, um, she told 
the police that either the Saturday before Kathy was last seen or the Monday or Tuesday afterwards that um, that basically you got a call um, so she got a call from you excuse me um, after Kathy's disappearance and um, and that that call you told her that apparently it was from a payphone and you said you won't be hearing from me for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. T so that tell me. was with uh, Peter, whatever the guy's name is, who said that I kicked him in the head. He can't remember his Peter name. Schwartz. That's what, it. Wait, what do you mean it was with Peter? I lost you on that. Oh. He, and I think, yes, he and Kathy had gone to the police precinct to, to, to tell them that I had assaulted Peter Schwartz and kicked him in the head while he was sitting in our apartment drinking tea. I don't think I kicked him in the head. I um, think he was selling coke to Kathy. Okay. I got back at two o'clock Saturday night, grabbed hold of him and the two of us fell down and he hit his head on the corner of the desk. Well, you, you, do you remember Ellen Tradesman? Ooh. Kathy's friend Ellen tradesman yeah so surprised that she wasn't in any of this well Ellen was there and Ellen said that you Kathy. had that, that you had a fact Bob all Kathy no well, not Ellen thank you Kathy thank you let me let me show you You're saying you never kicked Peter Schwartz in the... You didn't kick Peter Schwartz in there? I did not kick him in the head. Traceman saying that she was there when yes. Peter and I had the she fight. Is, yeah, she is. In fact, and I've got. Let, let me let me show you when you look at Peter. You're saying that she, you don't think she was there? Are you saying she was not there? No, she wasn't there. It was just well, he, Peter and his wife and his wife's girlfriend, his wife's friend, and Kathy and me. There was nobody else there. Well, so you know that's the injury that he had. Does that? Do you, do, you, does that, do you remember that or no? I remember that he, he had this thing on his head and, and he and Kathy went to the police precinct. Did, did, did you think there was something going on between he and Kathy? No, I, I didn't really know him that well. I mean, he was married. Right. Um, a photographer. Right. And I, I no, I, I never oh. thought that, that oh. he... And Kathy were having an affair. Did, did so when or crew, slept together or anything right. like that? Did, Can I ask him something real quick? Sure. Did, you, did you go out to a club that night? 
Yes. Where'd you go? Do you remember where I went to Xenon and then Club 50, Studio 54. How about the Copacabana? Did you go to that club too? Copacabana? Did you go to that club that night? I don't even like Copacabana sounds like something from when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say. You didn't go to before that my time was Copacabana. Okay. Um, not before Mike's time, though. No. Well. Uh, so, so when, when Kathy at this point in the in the marriage, when Kathy was having her affair, whatever it was, did that really bother you? Yeah, it bothered me. Did, but. You at the at the end of the at the end of the marriage at this point in time, you're saying Kathy didn't want a divorce, and you did. You wanted her gone. Is that fair in terms of you wanted you wanted her she out of the house? Never wanted a divorce, right? But she somehow had this idea that 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 she, she could come on to people in front of me, and that I would just keep putting up with it. And I did put up with it for a little bit, and then it got to be too much. Did you speak to my friends, either Nick Chavin or Doug Oliver? No, do you, do you know why I didn't speak to him? Any guesses? I didn't. Do you know why I didn't speak to him? No. They refused to? No. Think about it. If I would have talked to either one of them, what's the first thing they would have done? Called me. They would have called you, and I didn't want you to know. Okay. So so you knew, did you, you knew that, um, that the New York State investigators were going back and looking at your case again recently, right? Recently, in the last, we're talking about now. Yeah, in the la in the last uh, six months, did you know that? You yes. So you know who they were doing that for? Any guesses? I'm, I'm assuming it was Andrew. No, they were doing it for me. Ah. Oh. So I didn't want you to know that we were looking at this case. You know, because I noticed it was very funny, uh, interesting. What all the interviews of Mark and Andrew, you there was one person that you seem the least comfortable talking about. Do you know who that was? Susan. Kathy. Susan. Susan. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you would talk about Kathy, you would talk about Morris, but you didn't want to talk about Kathy. And I was concerned that if you found out that I was looking at this case. Yeah, I would have backed off, gone to Cuba, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Who knows where and, I and, and I don't think, and I don't know if you would have, you know, we weren't sure, would he even come back? Um, I think you would have waited and then and, and maybe, you know, seen what happened, but we were afraid we were going to lose you. So, which kind of brings back, when were you planning on, so you said you were going to flee, so back to what I said before, how come you are still here? I kept putting it off. I kept making plans and making arrangements and then just um, inertia. Right. Actually leave where I'm living and go someplace else and I mean I've done this before. No, we, so so what made you so it looks like you called you disappeared this week you basically left your car what was it that made you start to run this week I mean all the times what was it I don't know I mean, I don't know why this week as opposed to last week, right. or three weeks ago, or two months ago. Why just right now that I decide, you know, now I got to do this. 
You're not sure? I'm really not very, very sure. Well, even so you've been taking all kinds of money out. I've been always withdrawing cash. Right. I use cash instead of credit cards. Oh, oh no, no. And also, I mean, you, you, cash is, is, is what I could buy things for. I mean, I... I, you, know, you, you know I was arrested with a, with a revolver. Yes. Well, I couldn't walk into a gun store and buy a revolver, obviously. Right. Same thing with the car and the license. I paid for it. What, what, so where'd you, where'd you get the latest gun? For what? The, so that you had a gun with you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know about the revolver. I, I do. So where did that one come from? Where'd you find that one? A guy. Oh, a guy. Okay. Um, so, so you know how to you know how to find a gun that's I'm not traceable. We're inmates, so 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 people on the street trust me, right? And, um, and I trust them. So, so I wanna I wanna now I wanna go back a little bit. So when Janine Pirro, you know, I know that the stuff came out and you end up leaving, and, and a big thing was that most people, if they found out that their wife's case was being reinvestigated, they would be, wow, I'm so glad somebody's really looking at it. W what made you run? See, I really can't say why did I run when I did, as opposed to three days, two weeks, four no, months. No, 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 I'm asking you just period. I'm, I'm going back to, to October 31st, 2000, when you found out from Morty Matz, or from, from Wendy, that they had reopened Kathy's case, and your response to that was to was to leave. You got to Galveston, I think, on November 11th. You stopped using your cell phone. Um, I, I got to ask, what made you agree to let Mark and Andrew see all of your your stuff with your lawyers and your you know all the stuff with Susie Giordano that you said they could look at? Why did you give them that stuff? That I don't understand. That that just boggles my mind. I was trying to be. I just figured in, 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 in the way they made all good things. It made me not. It made me a sympathetic person, um, as opposed to a super aggressive person, which is pretty much correct. And I wanted them to see the whole thing and that they would see me as an acceptable human being as opposed to all this other stuff. And that I couldn't uh, get them to see me as an acceptable human being if I was covering things up. So, so, I mean, so, so you knew, so you basically told Susan, give them anything they want, your lawyer stuff, yeah, your... Yeah, I told Sarah the same thing. Yeah. You know, Bob, it's... And I absolutely believe, it's very interesting, you know, when you saw, so all good things, you agree, present you as somebody who's responsible for three murders, right? Right. Plus something else that really bothered you. What was the thing that bothered you most about all good things? And you said it to Andrew. Do you remember? Killing all the dogs. Okay, so, but, but, by the way, um, are, are, you're a dog person, right? Yes. I have a, uh, I have a dog. I'm very much into my dog. If you go into my, uh, if you go into my, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it, it's very funny. 
Uh, well, it's not funny, but um, believe it or not, in me working on this case, you know, I, I, have, I have young kids, and my daughter was afraid. She said, hey, is, is he going to hurt us? I said, no, he's not going to hurt you. And then she said, um, is there any way that he's going um, to hurt our dog? And I said, you know what? Um, there's one thing about Bob that I'm very confident of. Bob loves dogs. Bob would never hurt a dog. Oh, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, 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 like, you like dogs, I think, much more than people. Is that right? Yes. So this is a... Uh, so, so, by the way, when, um, when you're... This is my guy. I gotta find, so I gotta... Can't really tell. That's my, uh, that's my Great Dane. Doesn't look that great there. Okay. But, yeah. so, you know, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a better, a better picture, where you, where you can see him. Uh, he's my boy. He is a. All right, you have a better picture here. Here we go. That's a big. 170 pounds. That's my basset hound. 170 pounds. 170 pounds. He is my. You know where he sleeps. I can't anywhere you want. He, he, you know what's true? Yeah, can, now you can get an idea. There's his giant head. Uh, he, he, sleep, he, sleep, he sleeps. He sleeps. in bed with me. And I, I told my told my daughter. Listen, Bob is somebody who Bob doesn't kill because he enjoys killing. That's what Cody Gonzalez says. I mean, if you back him into a corner, yep. he'll kill you. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think that I will tell you. I don't think this is my opinion. I don't think you planned the the. I don't think you planned out the killing of Kathy. I think that happened and you were stuck with it. I do think you planned out Susan, and I and I think you planned out Morris. But I think what happened with Susan is, um, you know, Susan told you that um, sh the police had contacted her. Remember? Yeah. And. Um, she told you, remember, who did she tell you to contact her? I mean, you told this to Mark and Andrew. Susan told me that she'd been contacted by Los Angeles detectives and New York detectives, and um, they want to come talk to me. And, and, and if I asked you on a scale of 1 to 100, with 1 being I'm not sure she said it and 100 being I'm positive, you would say what? That that Susan told you that. Yes. Hundred, right? Susan definitely told me okay. that she'd been contacted by I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. That wasn't true. They had not contacted her. They were planning on contacting contacting her. They had never contacted her. Oh, you know what? That might have come out in the did you you knew that before I just said it right now because it came out in the in the show, right? Has that already come out or no? I can't, I can't remember what's out in the show. Did, did that, did you know what I just told you or no? Is that a new piece? No, I did not know yeah. that they had not contacted No, they had, they had, they had not contacted, they were planning on it. So, so then, so I'm trying to figure out why would Susan tell you that if it hadn't happened? I mean, any idea? If the detectives had not called her, then, then I do believe she was told by the reporters um, 
that that the detectives are going to interview are going to interview her. She had not been at that time. There's not a reporter that had um, that had contacted her, and no reporter knew what the police were doing. So what I'm telling you is, Susan lied to you about that. So I'm telling. I, I know it's not true. You're you just said Susan told me that the police, LA police had contacted her. I think she used the word detective. Yeah, LA detectives. I was never right. sure whether it was the LA or the New York yeah, or right. both. But, but, but I'm telling you, did not happen. So I had to figure out why would Susan tell you that? It, do you know what I think? Any guess? I can't guess. I think that Susan was trying to subtly squeeze you for money. Um, by the way, for, for, for what it's worth, Bob, because I know you cared about her, I don't think Susan ever would have said anything. I don't think so either. She, 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 she never would have. She never would have told anybody anything. She never would have brought up anything like that. And yes, she was always telling me about her mother, money problems, but she never quote unquote, squeeze me for it. Well, Bobby, if you don't give me enough money to do such and such, I'm gonna do such and such. I never heard anything like that from Susan. No, and, and, and I'll tell you why I don't think you did. Susan was very smart, you would agree, right? And she knew I would yeah, give her money. Yeah. But, but you know what had happened, Bob? You know, throughout the summer before she, you know, she died, the last time you sent her money, before November. In November, you said you sent her $50,000, correct? Two checks. Yeah, for $25,000. And that was in November, right? I, I honestly don't remember exactly when it was, but it was two checks separated by about three, four weeks, okay. each for $25,000. And, and you know that we have, you know, we can, we have the, um, the envelope that you were shown by Mark and Andrew that's one of the checks, right? Right. Um, and the letter, you like green pen. Why do you like green pen? I liked it. It was different. People yeah. recognized, oh, yeah. it's Bob's handwriting. Yeah. That was when oh. the faxes first came in, yeah. and you couldn't tell the original right. from the copy. So they were insisting that you sign documents in blue rather than black, right. I was going to do it in green, in green. to be different. Uh, <laughs> Everybody ridiculed it, but you know, that's one, what of, one of my One of my favorite quotes, um, again, that you had with Mark and Andrew, as you would say, um, they would ask, most people try to say how hard they work. And you would say, I, I would show up at noon wearing a jock strap, high, <laughs> and tell them, the waste of a day is to do blah 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 and then you said um, I would lord it over them that I didn't have to do that because I wasn't you know, trying to make money well no you'd say because I was me <laughs> is it fair to say that kind of in your life that you have kind of lived by your own rules mm, sort of it's just that when I was in Vermont you know, we were all hippies, and I would wear what I wanted to wear. I didn't have to wear a suit and a white shirt right. and a tie with polished shoes. Right. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I could dress any way I wanted, 
and it was A-OK. -okay. Working in the family business in New York City, a whole bunch of lawyers and other executives dressing in the uniform that you dress in, it, it just wouldn't work for me not doing it, even though I am me. Well, but, but you said that you would, you would, you said you would show up doing what you want. And what was interesting to me is you would say, I would lord it over them. Yeah. So I think you enjoyed basically kind of telling everybody, hey, I'm Bob Durst, I'll play by my own rules. Right. There, there's another, another quote that, that is amazing to me. I, uh, I, I absolutely, uh, it's hard for me to, uh, to even imagine, but you'll talk about how, um, you know, the rule, basically, how the rules do not apply. You know, um, you talk about um, Vista. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and, and you'll say, um, there's a quote with Mark and Andrew, that you talk about getting food stamps. And do and, and you know why you said you did it? I did it. No, but why? Well, you had more money, you didn't need it. Oh, why did I say I did it? Well, wh why'd, why'd you do it? I, I, I'm, the only thing I can think of now is why not? You, right, you said you enjoyed eating the government. Yes. Uh, you also talk about being in, a, in, a, in an airport and just taking water, uh, a thing of water. And you're like, I wasn't going to wait in line. I mean, they're asking $3 for a thing of water. It was the waiting in line. I'm at the airport now, right. and it's 20 feet to the cashier. Right. Fuck it, I'm going to take the water and leave. Do, do, do you think, Bob, do you think that if you'd have been raised in a different... So you would agree that that's... So, for instance, all of us... Um, I mean, I shoplifted since I was a little kid. Right. So it was nothing right. new or... But, but, but I mean, the reason that people don't, you know, we're taught, hey, you can't steal or you have to do, follow this rule. Yeah, I didn't have to follow the rule. Yeah, and, and you Here's the line, you get at the end of the line. I'm thinking, I'm not going to get at the end of the line. I've got other things I want to do. Now, so do you think that the way you were raised, your family, your, the money, is that what kind of created that, that part of you? Well, my siblings are not like that. So, so you, you know, you know, yeah. Another thing that I got to say, um, the whole the whole Asperger's thing. I have so I. I never thought that amounted anything. That was the psychiatrist coming up with an explanation, <laughs> and it was never necessary at the trial. We didn't need the psychiatrist. Right, but Bob, you agree that was a load of bullshit by the by the shrink. Yeah, I read not that long ago that the American Psychiatric Association, whatever they call it, right who every year they or every couple of years they come out with a big book and they list different yeah. ailments yep. and they deleted Asperger's from it because it was just such a all-encompassing thing that they didn't really think that there was any disease, if you will, that could be called Asperger's syndrome. Well, it's the flavor. So on the DSM, they've now folded Asperger's, I think, into the autism spectrum. Okay. And but but what's interesting is, and you know, people that have Asperger's, um, they're not able to. Care, they can't like read cues of people. They can't yeah, have yeah. conversations. And one thing they cannot do is 
they can't deliver a line, nobody delivers a line any better than you do. Um, yeah, the, the thing with Asperger's is, is, is the intelligent people who don't get along or, or, or don't enjoy communicating with, with, with other people, and that is certainly me. Well, you know what, though? So, I, to me, your issue with other people is not that you don't sometimes know how to interact with them. You're just going, I don't want to, I don't have to, I'm going to do what I want. I mean, agree? Yes, but also in terms of reading the signals, yeah. whether, whether you know I should trust this person, right. whether this person's lying to me, or whether this person, whether, whether this joke is funny or not, it, it's not something I'm good at. Well, well, I got a question. Do you agree you're good at delivering a line? Sure. So there, there's a part in it. I don't know if you noticed, but you're describing one of my favorite things that you describe as you go. So. So I, I, I get arrested, and, uh, and I say to the guy, um, so uh, what do I have to do to get out of here? And um, you know, I remember that real, real, <laughs> real well. Wait, 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 tell, I, tell, I love when you tell the story. Tell, tell that one. I love that story. That's my favorite one. What do I do to get out of here? Your bond has been set at $250,000. I said, so what do I do now? Um, he says, do you have $250,000? I'm thinking $250,000, that's a whole lot of cash. You know, fill up a valise. I say, not on me. <laughs> and, and you understand that, that they had yeah, no... Nobody is going to say that. No, but they had no idea who you were. $250,000, that's what lots of people make over a big chunk of their life. Right. right. They, they were they were shocked. Cody um, uh, tells the same story, and he doesn't deliver the line as 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 good as you do. So it was funny when I was watching. I knew that um, you know you had some good lawyers, by the way. Um, I had great lawyers. I was right away picturing two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That means twenty five of those ten thousand dollar envelopes. You, you need a small suitcase right. or a big valise right. or something. I went through my mind, 25 of those things would be like that. So, no, I don't have it on me. Right, but nobody else, Bob, is going, people, when you're going, do you have $250,000? The cop who asked you that is going, well, of course you have $250,000. You're living in a $300 a month yeah. you know, room in Galveston. They, they had no idea. Hey, uh, by the way, did you know, so I've gone through the, the Galveston thing, and by the way, you know you cannot be prosecuted for that murder again. You're, you're aware of that. I'm right? aware of that. Yeah. Um, do you, so the story, it's very clear to me that what happened was Morris knew who you were. You haven't disputed that, right? I didn't, I didn't hide it. What's that? Yeah, no, and he, he knew who you were. And the problem with Morris was that Morris was pushy and a pain in the ass, and he was putting pressure on you to basically set him up, you know, in a house with you. Yes. And you wanted to leave. I was finished right, right. with Morris. I was finished right. with Galveston. Right. I was going someplace else for my life. Now, one of the things interesting, I got to know you're a very private person. Do you agree? No, I don't have close friends. Yeah. And so, 
I knew the Galveston story wasn't true when, as soon as I heard you say that you gave Morris a key to the to the place, I knew right there you would never give him a key. I never give anybody a key yeah, unless yeah. they were, you know, very very tight. Right, right. So, so I knew. So I got a question. So you, you, you got away with that one. How did I mean? We, when the verdict came out, do you remember what you said? You thought they said guilty, huh? Because you said, did they say not? That was my little joke. Everybody reported that I looked absolutely shocked. I would have been shocked if they'd come back and said guilty. I can't say that I expected them to come back and say not guilty because a hung jury was what I expected. But um, I remember turning to Dick and saying, did they say not? And then turning to Chip and saying, did they say not? So, that was me. So you were just kind of taunting the... Uh, That's my sense of humor. So, so when, so obviously, the story about giving him the key, now that we know, that was bullshit. I didn't give him a key, but he had a key. I was aware that he had a key. Well, so here's what you said. You said that you gave him a key, and then you said that when he shot in the house... Took the key away. You took the key away. So, so let me tell you right now. I've gotten to know you well enough. There's no way you give Morris a key to your house when you're not there. You're a private guy. And you're not concerned enough, you don't care enough about Morris to worry that he can use your place when you're gone. You would agree that's not you, right? I wouldn't let him use the place, but I was, was aware that he had obtained a key, and I never took it away from him. Uh, uh, well, you had said that you, you actually said you took the key away from him, but you said that, that you thought he had copied it. Seemingly. Yeah, so you also said that he shot at the house. Um, is that, yeah, he that's shot. Not, did that try to get us or no? No. Um, well, I was in the bathroom. He shot the eviction notice. Or said he shot the eviction notice. Or said he shot at the eviction notice. So, are you saying that happened? Yes, that happened. He, I was peeing and I heard a shot and I came out of the bathroom with my prick in my hand and he's got the gun in his hand and he's pointing at the eviction notice okay. and he said either I shot at it, I shot it, whatever he said he did and I took the key away from him. Do, do you know that, um, by the way, when, when you're describing what happened with, with Morris, and you're talking about, you know, uh, the actual event. You testified that you came in and Morris had a gun underneath the yellow sweater, sweater. sweater. And there was a struggle, and it was kind of weird because you argued both self-defense and accident. Do you know what I mean by that? So you're basically saying it was self-defense, but that the gun accidentally went off. It was self-defense. He had a gun. I tried to take it away from him. Do you know that you told Sarah a completely different story? What did I tell Sarah? You told Sarah that you came home and Morris was there and you went and you retrieved the gun. I retrieved the gun. That's what you told Sarah. 
I don't know why the DA's office didn't call him. I, I, I know you must have known about that. You told Sarah this when he came to visit you in jail, but the DA's office didn't call him. I don't know why. Do you remember that or no? I'm trying to straighten out my mind. Sarah says I told Sarah yeah. that... <clears throat> Say that again. Sarah says, Sarah says, when he visited me in jail. He visited you in jail, and you say to him, I'll, I'll, I'll get it a little more exactly. Was that for us, Lou? No. Okay. Hiding the gun. <clears throat> yeah, you, you you told you told Sarah that what happened is that when Sarah ended up, um, I'm sorry, when you came home. Here we go. So you said that uh, um, that here we go. One second. You said that when you came home, he was there, and you decided at that point you needed to get him out. He was not supposed to be there. You went and retrieved a gun. There was a struggle, and the gun went off. Is that is that what happened or no? Yeah, I, I went back to the apartment after having stayed at the San Luis Hotel. Right for most of a week, and Sarah was in the, and um, Morris. Morris was in the apartment, and I told Morris that I wanted him out of the apartment, and that he had to give me the gun, and then we had a fight. But you told Sarah that you went and got the gun from, a, from another room. Do you remember telling Sarah that? No. I was trying to... There weren't any other rooms. It was a studio with a... When the, no, meaning, meaning it was a bathroom. Yeah, no, meaning you got the gun, you brought the gun out there to try to get him out of the house, out of, out of, out of the room. Um, so, when you, you know, Susan was trying to reach you over that summer before she died, she was trying to reach you to get money and you weren't returning her calls. Do you know why? I don't remember any such thing. I remember giving her money whenever she asked for it. How much money do you think? By the way, by the way do you still have your bank records? Did you, did you keep your from ten years ago? Oh no, it'd be yeah, it'd be uh, fifteen years ago. Keep them. No, I don't um, save stuff like that. Um, I mean, I have what went on my tax returns. You know, if there was something that was deductible or there right. was income, and right. I had given the information to the accountant. But, but you didn't you, you didn't say, I'm just trying to figure out, because Susan was telling people near the time she died that she was upset with you because she couldn't find you, you seemed like you weren't returning your calls. She wrote you a letter. Um, she wrote you a letter. 
Okay? What does that mean? It's a time. What's that? Time. To go. 35. Uh, I have, how long do I have? 35 minutes. I have 35 minutes? That's what okay. Saying. Okay. So, with Susan, when you end up, you know, we know that you flew out here to see flew her. out here. Flew out to Los Angeles. Um, to, I'm sorry, San Francisco on December 19th, right? We have the, you made the call for the plane. Right, you picked, you, you went to Stanford, you went to uh, Eureka, you went to the Ford dealership, right? You picked up the car. And then the next day, I don't know if you know this, you know, you made phone calls for Garbersville. So where were you going? Why were you down there? I remember what exactly I was doing in Garberville, and I've tried to remember, and I really don't know. You weren't going to San Francisco, though, right? Because you had just come from San Francisco the day before, so that doesn't make sense. I wasn't going to San Francisco. So, I think, Bob, that, that you drove down to Los Angeles, that you drove down there, and... Um, Killed Susan? I do. Drove back? And, and, and so, the other thing is, you know... You don't take red-eye flights very often. Did you know that? Very infrequently. You would agree, right? Almost never do you take a red-eye flight. Agreed? Yes, yes. So I was trying to figure out, and usually you don't buy your tickets right at the counter. Would you agree? Usually I make reservations. Right. right. And, and um... So what made you... So here's what's weird. You also had a pattern, which you've explained. You fly from Eureka, from San Francisco to Eureka. New York, San Francisco, San Francisco to Eureka, Eureka back to San Francisco and back to New York. So on December, um, on December 23rd, you end up buying that ticket at 10 at night at the counter in San Francisco. You didn't fly for Eureka, so why was it that you bought straight from San Francisco? Why didn't you go back to Eureka? What were you doing that made you get down to San Francisco? And why? It just doesn't make sense. I was just trying to understand it. Yeah, hear it. yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just not going to be able to answer that because okay. I just don't. Okay, okay, that's listen, that's fair. Um, but but you agree it it's hard it's to explain. Unusual. Yeah. Okay. I think listen, be. fair. So so, and I couldn't even figure out why you were flying out. You at that time you already sold your house. So what made you take a four day trip? What were you doing out there? Did you, do you remember? I think I was wrapping up my affairs. I had sold the house. Right. I still had an office. Right. I still had a car. And I think I went out there to um, take my stuff out of the office. It was rented. And to sell the car. Um, did you end up, what did you end up doing with the car? I sold it. I, did you remember where? Did you, you, did you sold it in, in Eureka, right? In um, what you call it, in um, uh, what in what's that? What's the uh, in Trinidad? I think you got them. Uh, you sold the car in Trinidad, right? 
sold the house in Trinidad. I still had the car. Okay. I think I sold the car in San Francisco. I'm just not sure what I did with that. That was a Ford Explorer, right. green car. They don't make them anymore. It was an SUV with just two doors. Right. Uh, I think, I mean, I just don't remember where I sold it, but when I went out to, to, to California, I was wrapping up my affairs. Um, taking my stuff out of the office and selling the car. So I just don't remember where I sold the car. But but it, you agree it was very strange for you to be going out here. When you were asked about it, you said you were out here for a couple of weeks. But that, that's what I thought. Right, but you were only out there for four days. Four days. And, and you agree you didn't take four-day trips to San Francisco back then. Not from New York. Right. No. Yeah. So... So as you sit here, it's fair to say you really can't explain it. I can't explain it. Hey, listen, that's fair. Um, so when we get to the writing, um, you've been shown the letter and the cadaver note, and your response was when you saw it, I'm not going to show it to you. You know what you said, right? You remember what you said when you saw it. When Mark and Andrew showed you, right? They asked me... Um why somebody would do that. Uh, I said, it's block letters, they're trying to disguise their handwriting. Well, let me, let me tell you what you said. What you said was, is you said, listen, first of all, you agree, as you sit here today, you agree that whoever wrote that letter, they killed Susan. Agree? You see, I don't know that. I mean, Maybe there were two people who killed Susan. Okay. It doesn't have to be one person. There could be two people. One, pe one person could go into the house to shoot Susan, and the other person could be the driver. Oh, oh, oh okay. No, let me, let me, this is what I mean. Whether the person was the shooter or the driver, whoever wrote the note was a part of killing her. Yes. You, you agree, right? Yes. No question, right? Whoever wrote that note had to be involved in Susan's death. Okay. So, and you know, you've looked at it, and when you when you look at that writing, Bob, it's you. Your comment was it's block lettering. It's like a typewriter. You know that writing is not like a typewriter. Um, I've had the experts look at it, and you know what they came back with. And I'm I'm being very honest with you. I can show you the handwriting report. Do you want to see it? No. Okay. Well, well, so here's what they said. Do you know what they said? They said, look, this looks just like this, and this looks just like this, and but, the chances are 99% or 95 no, or... No, they didn't even, Bob, they didn't even go... Nine, they, here's what they said. They said you wrote it. They said no question. So look, this is... This is the handwriting. One of these is the one you wrote uh, to Susan before. And one of them is the cadaver note. Can you tell me which one of these you didn't write? I couldn't begin to. Yeah, because they look identical, agreed? If not identical, extremely similar. So would you agree that there's no way that somebody could just randomly write that way? So either you would agree either you wrote both or somebody forged one of them. 
Would you agree that would have to be the explanation? <laughs> no? I've seen what these writing exemplars mean. Um, I, I, I've seen a friend of mine, a lawyer, yeah. showed me things that are not the same in both of them. Right. Um, I mean, look at the N in Benedict and then, then the other N. They, they don't really look very similar at all, just looking at the ends. So I would agree that they look very, very, very similar. Well, well, let me just ask you though on this. Do you agree that either you wrote both of them, that's one, you agree that's a possibility and that's, that's a, a fair, and that's a, when you look at it, that's a fair thing for somebody to think, right? That's reasonable. Yes. Re reasonable, right? Reasonable. Okay, so, uh, so the other possibility, which could be that one of these, somebody was trying to forge and copy your writing. Would you agree? That, that could be a possibility. That's a possibility. Okay. Here's the problem. When you look at the writing, what the experts can say is when you trace it, that's what it's called. You're really drawing. You're not writing. You can tell when somebody traces it. Both of these are what we call naturally executed. So you, you wrote both of them. So I know, Bob, that you wrote both of these. And the issue is going to be, there's kind of two choices that you have, two ways you could, you could go. You could say, listen, I went down there. And you would have to explain why you went down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw that and the, the, the people's comments and, 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 and the stuff like that. What do you mean Somebody the could have gone into the house and, and saw that Susan was lying there. Right, right. And, and you agree that you, you, that did not happen. You did not drive down there and find Susan's body, even though you were not so the killer. I'm not going to agree to anything like okay. that. I mean, okay. that's evidentiary. Okay, so you don't want to answer that. No, 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 no. What I'm telling you is, I'm, I'm just saying that did not happen. You agree? You did not just find Susan's body and somebody I else killed her. Did not find Susan's body. Okay, so, so what it means, and I told you, have, have I been? From what you can tell, does it seem like I've been pretty honest with you and pretty yes. fair? Okay, so here's where I'm at. Um, I am very confident, Bob that what's going to happen is you're, you're going to be charged with murder. We're going to bring you back to Los Angeles. By the way, do, do you think you'll fight extradition or do you think that you'll come back willingly? I'm going to do whatever the okay. lawyers tell okay. me. Okay, and listen, and, 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 listen and, and that's fair. And listen, I appreciate you talking to me and listening, hearing me out when you didn't have to. I mean, you know, it's, it's I appreciate it. Um, um, we're going to bring you back there and we're going to try you. And what will happen is, is that we will include Kathy's murder in this and Morris's murder in this. Um, did you think the Galveston DAs were very good? No. If you're guessing, just kind of judging, what's your opinion of me? What do you think? Sitting across from me for a couple hours now. Seem competent. That's <laughs> confidence. Not a not a real not a real good. Uh, you seem, I'm sure you know your job. You seem to be quite competent at it. What else would I say? Well, well so, so I'm, I'm, I'm good at my job. I'm a very 
very dedicated prosecutor. Well, I have about six reasons why I got acquitted. The first one is I had the best lawyers in the court. No question. The, 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 the second one is that Cody Cazales turned the jury off big time. Right. He walked around that courtroom with his chest out and his badge and gun out. Right. And made it very apparent to everybody that he thought this whole thing with the jury and the judge and everything is a waste of time. I'm Cody Cazales. I say he did it. That's all you need. That's that's two. Yeah. What else? The Galveston DA, uh, Mr. Sistrunk, yeah. was pretty, pretty good. But his assistant... Who's the mumbler? Which, which, the, one, which is the guy that mumbled? It's the other one, right? Joel. I, 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 I couldn't understand a lot of what, of what they said. I couldn't understand what he said. And he, he was just so totally wrong about so many things that that, that that was another big reason in, in my mind why I got acquitted. What about number four? <laughs> Let me see if I can get to number four. Is, is that the jury essentially believed me or if they didn't believe everything that I said Sistrunk wasn't really, and he, Sistrunk had turned most of it over to Joel, whatever his name right. is, and Joel had done a, excuse me, terrible, terrible, terrible job. Right. What, what, what about number five? I don't know anymore, what? but there was what, what? six things which I thought resulted, excuse me, oh, they, and, every, and this might be number one, everybody thought that I was going to get up on the stand and go, bananas, right. I killed her, I wanted to do it, right, right. kill him. Like, like Jack Nicholson in, um, in uh, what's that movie? You know, the man I'm talking about, he goes, you can't handle the truth. Uh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so they, they thought that's what you were going to do. They thought I was going to freak out. Yeah, now, listen, you were brilliant on the stand. And, and Sistrunk thought I was going to freak out, and I think even my lawyers thought there was a real well, good chance that I would freak out. How much, um, hey Bob, how much of, of what you did on the stand was you, and how much of it was them kind of helping? In other words, did you do that all yourself? It was brilliant. I mean, I got to tell you, it was brilliant. No, I mean, I went over what happened repeatedly. Right. And uh, the jury consultant, Robert Hirschman, yeah. he said, you can't say things like that. And I had just said that, well, I'm a millionaire. I don't have to work. I get up most mornings and smoke pot. And he said, our jurors are not millionaires. Right. Our jurors don't get up every morning and smoke pot. You can't walk in and say that. Just don't say it. There's no reason you should say it. Right. Don't say it. It's going to turn everybody off. You, you, you know what? Um, you know what? You didn't say about the reason that you. It's funny when you talk about Galveston. Like you'll be asked. You you talk about it when you're explaining what happened. You'll say, "What was my defense? How was I going to beat the case?" You don't, when you talk about it, you don't talk about it like, this is what happened. You talk about it like, how can I, how did I beat it? In other words, when you're talking, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's Michael Jackson's thing. Beat it, beat it, beat it. <laughs> what? That, that, that's how, what? how I felt about it. 
No, no, but what I mean is, Bob, is that so it's a difference between somebody saying, hey, this is what happened, and I told my story of what happened versus this is what I decided to say that was going to beat the case. You talk about how self-defense, you'll say, in Texas, there are very few things you cannot do to somebody who you know find in your house. In, in your house, um, you, you say you're not supposed to shoot them, but it. But there is a big case where it happened from long distance with a rifle, um, and uh, and when you're talking about though, you don't sound like you're talking about hey, this is what happened. You sound like you're talking about um, what should I say? What should you say? I mean, do you agree that's what it sounds like? And to some extent it is. As yeah. I just said, I can't say on such and such a morning, right. I got up and I got stoned and, 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 and I went oh. out. And oh, oh it, by the way, when you talk about dismembering Morris and you say how stoned you were, etc., there's a line that you say. How much time do we have, Mike? Oh, about 15 minutes. Okay. There's a line that you say... Um, let me find it. Hey, by the way, Bob, have you have you uh, better talking to, to us, right, than being out there? You ha you have in mind of having this conversation with us. I haven't minded. <coughs> Excuse me at all. I'm just looking for it. You had a very interesting comment um, that I want to find here. Okay. When you listen to this, Bob, you sound like you say, well, I decided I would wait until I would pick it up and carry it out there. And then I realized I wasn't picking up picking up that body and carrying it anywhere because it was much too and you, heavy. And you stopped and you stopped yourself. I think what you were gonna say was it was much heavier than Kathy. Listen for a second. Listen for a second. Can you hear? Well, I decided I'd wait till night and I'd pick it up and carry it out of there. And then I realized I wasn't picking up that body and carrying it anywhere because it was much, I mean, I wasn't strong enough to do it. I could drag it out, but I just couldn't see. I mean, I thought about putting it in a sleeping bag or something and then dragging the whole thing out, but good God, that's ridiculous. That's so I decided to. It wasn't until the next day when I went, I can't just drag it out, uh, that I'm, I'm going to have to dismember this body. So, um, you said that you were really drunk and really high, etc. But you know, you went and you went to uh, Walmart and you got the money orders to pay Morris's rent in advance for a long time. Do you remember doing that? Sure. So that says to me, that you you clearly had to know what you were doing. That's a smart move because you did not want people to uh, to find out. You I know. did not want the, the landlord, Klaus right. Dillman, right. to go to the house and say right. to Morris, "Where's the check?" You know, tell me how did you? So, by the way, cutting somebody up with a saw is a really difficult thing to do. I agree. And 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 you've done that now twice, correct? I'm not going to go there. Okay, okay, okay. Once. Okay, okay. I got to ask. Um, uh, 
you were able, if you, you know that the way the body was cut, somebody knew how to cut the joints. You see, I don't know that. Subsequently, I've been told um, that a surgeon would, would cut up a body the same way you, you yeah. do a chicken. You go into the joint and, and you cut around the joint to get rid of all the ligaments and then the thing comes out. You're not going to go and try to cut through the goddamn bone like right. I did, which was hard. Um, well, you, you did a you did a, a pretty good job. The the thing that, that that cutting through a bone is not easy with anything. No, it's definitely not easy. It's definitely not easy. I don't think you were drunk. I mean, I think you knew what you were doing. You didn't cut yourself, right? I mean, you were able to to get this. I don't remember if I cut myself or not, but I know that cutting up that body the way I was doing it was the hard way. The proper way is what a surgeon would do with a scalpel, and he would cut around the ligaments and then do it in the joint, not on the bone. Would you Would you agree, Bob, that 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 somebody who could dismember somebody like that? You can understand why we would suspect you of having yeah, killed you. that's your... what Kathy, mother, and what Gilberti, and I'm sure the other ones think. I did yeah. to Kathy. Um, so, I would like to, are you willing to continue? You're going to be going to court right now. Um, I'm going to court. Right yeah, now. this morning. This morning, I was hoping we could talk to you longer, but they have to get you to court. I would like to talk to you afterwards. Um, it's up. To, it's up to you if you're willing to talk to me or not. Um, you know, it's it's like I said before. This is all voluntary. It's no, no. I hear you, and I have no problem with what you're saying. Okay. But, but what's going through my mind is, sure. if I tell you what I know. Okay. That answers your questions. What can you possibly do for me? Okay, let me. I'll. I'll tell you what. If you are willing to speak to me when you get back from court, we can talk about that. And I and I can tell you. Um, I can tell you, Bob. I'm very willing to talk to you. And as I, as I said, I'm 72. If 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 I go ahead with what my lawyers are telling me and fight with you. And let's say I win, then I'm two years later, 74, with a couple of years but, left. But Bob, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something right now. You're not gonna win. Uh, but I'm just saying, if, from right, my right, view, right, right, right. if I'm looking at the but, upside, what is the upside? Well, no, and, 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 I go and, to court. And I win, right? And I'm 74. No, it's it's and not there, healthy. There's, there, I've got this same body. There, there, there's no, you can't give me a different body. No, there, there, there's no upside. But even even more than that, Bob, when what I think is important, and I honestly, um, I honestly think that that there is, there is good in you that wants to. I think you feel bad about Kathy. I think you feel bad about Susan, and I think that you're trying to figure out a way where you can, let's put it this way, you would agree that there are some things today that you have ref, that you have not wanted to answer, and the reason you haven't wanted to answer them is because you don't want to incriminate yourself, right? I mean, is that a fair statement? Sure. Okay, so I would like to talk to you 
um, uh, you're going to go into court today. Um, if you're probably going to, I'm sure though, I don't, I'm sure, I don't know. This place, Louisiana is weird. On Sunday, we don't go to court. We don't have court on Sundays in California. I have no idea Louisiana did. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Louisiana is very weird. So, so they're gonna they're gonna bring you into court today, and um, and what's gonna happen is is tomorrow morning, we are filing charges against you, that will be uh, we can't file them over the weekend. They're gonna be special circumstances charges. You will not be able to get. It'll be no bail. You you agree? You've seen the you've seen the. Uh, never understand how you can give somebody you're going to charge a person with murder and then you're going to give him bail by the time you've got probable cause for murder this person who you're going to give bail to if they have the money is going to split and that's you say of course uh, you, there's a point where you go um, uh, Mark and Andrew ask you Andrew ask you in essence um, what were you planning to do when you go um, uh, Two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. I'm gone. And you put your arms. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm dying to go back to Galveston <laughs> so that Cody Cazales can take my glasses and take my shoes. That way I can walk around sightless and barefoot. No, I wasn't going to go back to the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You guys, or at least what I saw on the arrest warrant was that you had said bail at a million. Well, no. And I had said to the fellow, well, if I give you a million dollars now, are you going to let me go? Yeah. And he said, no, we're charging you as a fugitive. I don't know why that says a million dollars. Yeah, it, it's so, so I can tell you that, that today, today you, you're, you're not, you're not going to, and you understand. If you told me something else, I don't know that I would believe you. No, no, no listen, and I've been, uh, honestly, Bob, you'll, you'll go back. Have you caught me in any lies today during our conversation? Have you seen any lies that I've said to you about anything? No, I'm not aware of any lies. I've tried to be, to be honest. I will tell you that um, I've been doing these kinds of cases for many years, and um, and do you know the reason why I win them? I haven't the faintest. Well, no, I mean, you seem like you're probably no, a competent DA. That's not why I win. Why do you win them? I win because the guys that I'm prosecuting, they did it. It's, it's a lot harder to win on the other side.